Welcome to Awakening. We will begin in one minute. Allow yourselves to take a minute to center, settle, and arrive. So what does it mean to center? To settle is essentially to allow your embodied self, the body, to arrive, to sit in a comfortable, upright position, one in which you are dignified and here in order to be present, to practice Musar mindfulness together, taking refuge in community. The concept, the practice of centering and subtle and then arriving, the arriving is here in the spirit, in the thoughts, it's the internal practice of allowing whatever is pulling us into the past or the planning for the future or getting caught up in sensations in the body, both pleasurable and not pleasant and unpleasant or neutral. Or perhaps it's thoughts in the mind or strong emotions. We come to mindfulness of what is going on for us right here and right now. And we take this minute to center and to settle and arrive. I am Rabbi Chasya Uriel Steinbauer, the founder and director of Hamachon Lekedusha Kehilat Musar, the Musar Institute, the Institute for Holiness, Kehilat Musar, the only center in the world that takes our two beloved ancient traditions of the Dharma from Theravada Vipassana, Buddhism, and Musar in the Jewish tradition, and creates this synergy that benefits both, bringing God's good to the world. I'm delighted that you are here, that you're joining us on live streaming, on YouTube channel, on LinkedIn, on Facebook, or Twitter, or here live on Zoom. We always begin our regular Sunday practice. This is a series. We are now in our 35th sitting, Mazal Tov, congratulations, where we spend each Sunday at 3 p.m. Eastern Standard Time, where we spend this 45 minutes, uh, 50 minutes together, looking at the weekly Torah portion from what it is here in Haaretz in Israel. It's always a week different right now outside of Israel. And we encounter the text from the lens of Musar mindfulness of how we can learn from this and from our ancestors and how to practice. We begin our practice each week always with our kavanot, our intention for the practice. So here before you, if you are watching uh, through video, visual, uh, we have three kavanot, three intentions before us. We always recite the first and the last. If you are joining through audio, you will hear me recite these. Before doing acts of caring for the self, which this practice here in community with God, with the, myself as the teacher here learning from the wisdom 
is an act of self-care. We say, this is something I am doing to strengthen my own soul in order to to others in the future. Then down below, we say before doing acts to strengthen your relationship with the divine, you say, this is something I'm doing to strengthen my relationship with the creator so that I can be a better conduit of God's good to others when they need me. We always begin our practice with those kavanot. May we merit bringing this these intentions to the world so badly needed delighted that you are here to join us we are here in israel we just passed on shabbat the parsha the weekly torah portion from the hebrew bible starting the book of bamibar of numbers in english it's when we our ancestors have start moving in the desert moving and camping obviously off and on uh, but that means we have gone through Genesis and uh, which is Bereshit and um, Exodus which is Shemot and then uh, Leviticus Vayikra so we've now entered the fourth of five books of Moses uh, in the Torah and the Hebrew Bible uh, so it's, it's a great moment for all of us uh, outside of Israel, uh, you will be reading this Torah portion on the Shabbat coming up. So this is a good moment for you to delve in as part of your learning to be ready to either study it or learn or listen to it be read out or even reading it yourself. Okay, I always give a brief background and then we focus on one thing that we can do. Bezrat Hashem, God willing. Um, let me just say, uh, for those of you new joining us, as I said, we meet on Sundays. Today is May 29th, 2022. We are in the 28th day of ER. We've actually moved into the 29th here in Israel, uh, 5782. And um, we just entered the 44th day of the Omer, of counting the Omer. Uh, for you outside in the West, uh, you're still in the 43rd. So, the, we have entered the generation, right? The generation of the Exodus, the organization of our ancestors' wilderness camp, okay? So the Israelites who escaped slavery in Egypt, who were saved and brought out, okay? And then witnessed and experienced revelation, what they received from the divine at Har Sinai, at Mount, uh, Mount Sinai then erected the tabernacle the mishkan their holy centered place where they will gather almost as like americas as um, a community center um, and all the instructions that were involved in this operation that we witnessed uh, both in exodus and leviticus now are preparing themselves militarily so much spiritually too, but it's militarily, okay? This is a further march through the wilderness. We've now, we've now moved from the individuals of Genesis of Bereshit and Exodus to a people and how those people are going to live, how they're gonna live out God's laws and be in community in an attempt to maintain purity, to maintain that presence. 
And as they move through this desert towards the land, they are going to encounter both internal challenges, difficulties, and external. So they prepare themselves as a military campaign. This is their response, our ancestors' response. So they organized a war camp. It's centered around the Mishkan, around the tabernacle. And in order to do this, as, a, as most ancient societies, even what societies do today, when they decide to organize as a military, they take a census. And here they take a census of all able-bodied men, all men in general, age 20 and older. And uh, the camp is organized for maximum security with the Levites uh, undergoing a separate census and uh, moving from here. So you have to just even pause for a moment in our 35th sitting together and think about how far this people have come, our ancestors. And enslaved people who by all means could barely get along, could not function, basically dealing with collective intergenerational trauma, brought out with God's mercy and hand, led by Moshe and Aharon and Miriam and other ancestors with much difficulty, figuring out who they are and how they're going to live together and how they're going to structure themselves. And here they are <laughs> organizing so perfectly, so hyper-organized as a, as a military structure, as a people that will protect themselves, know who their tribal clan is and lineage, which we kind of didn't hear hardly that much about at all in Egypt and even after. We heard of the, the Levites really just through Moshe and his brother, uh, you know, being told uh, he's a descendant of a Levi. Um, but, you know, and of course we know of the 12 brothers and that they had descendants, but you never heard of people really kind of holding on to their clans and their and their tribes. And here they have, are so organized and efficient. They know their exact numbers. They are set up. They're ready to go. And this is a huge shift. This is a, this is a, a moment if you're going to look at in the balance of how people uh, the ups and downs of our people and this people, uh, this is a moment where they're highly efficient. Okay, so the march of the Israelis through the wilderness from Har Sinai to the promised land, to today what we call modern state, the nation state of Israel, um, they'll take them through hostile environments, uh, not just unpleasant ones or challenging, they'll be both natural and human. And uh, so this is what you witness in Bami Bar. It's, there's really not much more there. I mean, there's a lot here. Obviously, we have names of our ancestors. There's quite a beautiful thing, the names, if you pay attention to them. What, what name of God or names are included, which are El and Shaddai and not Yah, which speaks of the people's relationship with the divine. Um, there's a lot here. Um, but this is the general where we are with this. So I wanted to say we've shift from the holiness code, from the priesthood, to this military organization, this census. And the most important thing, and even what gets discussed among our rabbis, is this, this census, this counting. Why do we count? Who gets counted? What does it mean? 
And um, we've been counted several times in the Torah. So if we look, the first count is when they actually leave Egypt. It's almost like uh, the counting of, of a making of a people. You're making a people, you're becoming a people, you count, you know who you are. Then the when they left, uh, when the, the sin, the sin of the golden calf happens, um, part of the people, their impulse to connect with God, to make sure that their leader Moshe was going to be replaced, that someone was going to be there to lead them, that, that impulse, although misdirected, not what God commanded or wanted, not even what Moshe wanted, it, they get counted after the golden calf. Now, if I, if I just want to remind you, uh, the language of Moshe, it says, who's with God? Has the Levites come over on his side? Who is with God? And those who chose to be who, who's with God as an identity and who they are, come and are counted. And the, those who aren't are murdered, are murdered by their own family members. It's almost like Levite against other Levites. Uh, we'll, we'll learn in this chapter, in this Parsha, that it's actually somewhat part of Moshe's clan um, who were part of it. And so there's a new counting. So you would think that number would be different. It, we are told that 3,000 of our family members were murdered. So that should be 3,000 less, correct? 3,000 souls are, are gone now. Um, but the number doesn't change. Then the accounting happens again when the Mishkan, the tabernacle, is established. It's almost like, a, you know, we're counting, we're now really a people, we're functioning around our large communi community center. We're going to take accounting. Who's here? Who's in? Who's going to follow these purity laws and sacrifices and everything? Who's going to help God, Hashem, remain in the camp among the people? That's who gets counted. And finally, we have this counting in Bamibar. The, the other three happen in Shemot and Exodus. We have this census of the military, okay? A, 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 a adult men age 20 and older, uh, counting to more than 600,000. So, of course, Rashi and um, Bechoshor uh, argue, you know, um, the number remains the same. Is this the same? If this is this the same census every single time, just being described differently? Um, so it's Bakor Shor who knows notices the number doesn't change. Okay, but we know as witnesses, assuming this is a different census every time, which I think it probably is in the sense of people like to count themselves. They like to be seen. They need. It's not even like there's a need. There's a need to be counted. There's a need to be seen. There's a need to be recognized. And um, we know as witnesses now to our ancestors and reading this text that there's 3,000 less of our ancestors after the golden calf. There's one man who is murdered for um, collecting wood on the Sabbath. And then there's another man who is murdered for taking Hashem's name in vain. So 3,002 people are missing of our ancestors. And that, that number is not reflected in the number that gets repeated each time. So, uh, you know, um, why aren't they being accounted for? Like, why, why isn't the number change? Um, so I want to posit that 
perhaps the number of all our ancestors who were saved and brought out of Egypt um, were once at one point in their life and even further into the desert in relationship with Hashem, of, with God, trusted God, took that, um, that courageous step, how fearful it must have been to leave all that you know, even if it's slavery, go out into the middle of the desert in the middle of nowhere, following this God, following your people. And, and all these people at one point were deeply in relationship with God. And so I want to say perhaps um, this number reflects that all souls were counted, regardless if they were murdered later, regardless if they sinned later, regardless if they're not around now. Okay, so all souls were counted, all mattered and still matter as if they're with us. And they are. We read this every single year. Every year we think of our 3,002 ancestors who are not with us anymore at this point in the Torah. Um, they too were created in the likeness and image of God. And we hold that. We count them. They're included in the number. So as we move to, um, we're in now in the seventh week of counting the Omer. For those of you who don't know what this is, it's a commandment from the Torah to count the weeks between Passover and Shavuot, the, the festival of weeks, I think believe called Pentecost in English. Um, it, we're, it, it's harvest festival, gets turned into, through with our rabbis, into a receiving of the Torah festival. Uh, we are counting our our Omer, our barley, wheat, finding out we, who we as ancestors and farmers are going to be able to offer um, to the temple and to God, along with the first fruits and beautiful korim and everything that comes with it. So in this seventh week, that means we're almost at the end. <laughs> in this seventh week, we are in the Shekhinah Malchut, which is... Uh, it means essentially uh, we are really in God's presence. And you'll want to recall that our ancestors in the desert, even among the murders and the deaths and the internal fighting, still the divine presence was there and in relationship. And we want to hold that. We want to hold that when we enter our practice. The, well, I'll lead the guided mindfulness meditation. We're going to enter into a meditation around equanimity and peace, menuchat nefesh, kind of a, a resting and a calmness of the soul that produces shalom, peace inside, and shalom outwardly. Okay, so much needed right now. So let me just briefly say. We have a mission statement as Jews, and I would even venture to say this can be a mission statement for all of humanity. It comes, what our ancestors have done, they took, if you recall last week, and Bechukotai in our Parsha last week, where we learned about how Rabbi Akiva takes from that Parsha and the whole book of Vayikra, Leviticus, this cloud gadol, this whole teaching of the Torah he feels is um, that you shall love your neighbor, your friend as yourself. Rav Hillel 
from the famous Hillel and Shammai uh, Havruta uh, houses comes and says his interpretation of uh, Ravi Akiva's statement that what is hateful to you when it's done to you, do not do to others. So essentially in our Musar mindfulness practice, it's the synergy of both traditions that we're not causing harm and suffering. We're living through and practicing this eighth-fold noble path, this path of towards holiness and Musar. And what our beloved ancestors do with both Rabbi Akiva and Hillel's statement, for instance, uh, Rabbi Shimon Shkop, in his introduction to Share Yosher, beautiful texts, beautiful Musar teachings, teaches us our mission statement. He says that uh, as we are all created in the image and likeness of Hashem, that that our greatest desire should be to cause good to others, to benefit others. To individuals and the masses, and now an imitation of the Creator. So that is our mission statement. We're taking, attempting to love ourselves, attempting to um, love our neighbor and friend as ourselves remembering the holy spark within each and every one holy soul that we're all created in the image and structure and the likeness of the divine and we too want to be counted we want to be seen and um there's been so much suffering lately so many deaths from covid the pandemic the past two years so many deaths from mass murder and terrorism, violence. I'm thinking of the children in uh, the United States. And we, we have this, this impulse, just like our ancestors, to be seen and to be counted. Faces of the children on the media, on social media, and on uh, the newspapers, to be counted, to be seen. Even the face of the child, the 18-year-old boy who murdered them. He has family. He has that which he came from. He was created in the image and likeness of Hashem, just like the children. Horrible, horrible behavior, much harm and suffering, murder. In a way, there's no full forgiveness for that act. He's destroyed worlds and lives it's between him and the creator ultimately but let us remember that he is to be counted also that pain that harm and suffering within there's no love of the self and loving the neighbor and friend as oneself obviously causing harm and death destruction of worlds for what must have been happening inside. And I think of his family. I think of those who for 17 years loved and cared for him. At 18, still a boy, 
a child murdering children. It is up to us in our Musar mindfulness practice to create that desire every morning that we cause good to others, that we bring benefit to others, bring God's good to others. So we think of these children, we think of everyone that's been lost in these past two years and in general, and we basically, how can we bring, how can we cause their memories to be for a blessing? How can we prevent more harm and suffering? energy this is where our practice needs to go each of us doing a small little act a small little task we're not we're not allowed to cease from repairing the world repairing this but we're not obviously the whole on each of our shoulders like the kohen gadol who carried all of our ancestors tribes on his and his shoulders it's not up to us to do alone we must reunite we must unite as a community like our ancestors in bamibar centered their military campaign their tribes in a formation around that which is most sacred today we must do that in our communities in texas wherever we may be creating community centered around our beloved children that which is most sacred to us in the middle to protect to make sure God's presence remains, that is our task. Please come to an upright position, whatever that means to you. If you have chronic pain or issue and cannot sit in a meditation, please stand with a, a chair next to you to, re, to help you remain um, secure. If you need to lie down, please do so with your eyes open to remain awake and alert. For those of you who want to sit on a zafu, on a sitting meditation cushion, please do so. For the rest of us in a chair, bring yourself to a dignified upright position. You are created in the image and likeness of God. We sit, we sit as if we are souls, that we love ourselves, love ourselves and love others. <clears throat> reducing the harm and suffering to others, feel safe and ready to do so. Taking three deep cleansing breaths. Recognizing that the the inhalation is a gift, a gift from the divine. We cannot survive without it. And the shifa, the exhalation, letting go, all tension, all that which is not allowing us to be here to practice. That's not life affirming. Allow yourself to begin to settle and arrive and be fully here. Menuchat nefesh equanimity is a wonderful mida, is a wonderful trait. 
is spacious and balance of heart. Although it grows naturally from our Musar mindfulness practice and our daily meditation practice, it can also be cultivated in a systematic way that we use for chesed, loving kindness, and rachamim, compassion. We can feel this possibility of balance in our hearts in the midst of life when we recognize that life is not in our control. We are part of something much larger than us. And even though we may cultivate boundless compassion for others, and of course we strive to alleviate suffering in the world, there will still be situations that we are unable to affect, to control. The well-known serenity prayer for those who are in recovery says, I have the serenity to accept the things I cannot change, the courage to change the things I can, and the wisdom to know the difference. Wisdom recognizes that all beings are heir to their own karma, that all of us receive each act and receive fruits of our actions, that all actions have an effect, all actions have consequences. We can deeply love others and offer them assistance but in the end, they must learn for themselves. They must be the source of their own liberation. Equanimity that Minuchata Nefesh combines an understanding mind together with a compassionate heart. Allow your feet to be firmly rooted in the ground so that you feel held by Mother Earth allowing your hands to rest either on your lap on your heart, wherever it is comfortable for you to be present here and now. To cultivate equanimity in this moment, we sit in a comfortable posture with eyes closed or gazing in front of you. We bring a soft attention to the breath until the mind and body are calm. We begin to reflect on the benefit of the mind that has balance and equanimity, one that is not reacting. We can all sense what a gift it can be to bring a peaceful heart to the world around us, to be able to face such difficulties as if we are balancing on the waves and not being taken or thrown under. Let yourself feel an inner sense of balance and ease. And then begin repeating such phrases quietly to yourself as, may I be balanced, may I be at ease.
For those of you new to meditation, from time to time you will hear me fall silent to allow you to practice being present, knowing that your thoughts will wander. The practice of mindfulness meditation is to simply begin again. Bring your attention to your breath as your anchor or to the sounds around you. Acknowledge that all created things arise and pass away. Our joys, our sorrows, pleasant events, people, buildings, animals, nations, even whole civilizations. Allow yourself to rest in the midst of them. Allow yourself to rest in the midst of our ancestors who are surrounding us and their military campaigns surrounding the Mishkan, trying to create a society that protects, that is counted, that is seen. Add the following phrases now. May I learn to see the arising and passing of all nature with equanimity and balance. May I be open and balanced and peaceful. Acknowledging that all beings are heirs to their own actions and that their lives arise and pass away according to conditions and deeds created by them and the structures of the society they live in. While we can love and care for others, we cannot fix them, nor can we love for them. To find equanimity with others, add the following phrase now. Your happiness and suffering depend on your own thoughts and actions and not my wishes for you. In the next steps, you can wish peace and equanimity for specific people you know, and then to those beyond, individuals and groups, wishing them the following. May you learn to see the arising and passing of all things with equanimity and balance.
may you have true menuchat nefesh equanimity. May you be balanced and peaceful. May you live with a peaceful heart. And now we'll expand our field of equanimity to the whole world. knowing that we are creating and stirring within us the desire to cause goodness, to bring good, God's good and benefit to others. May I bring compassion and equanimity to the events of the world, both pleasant and unpleasant, horrific and beautiful. Others' happiness and suffering depends on their own thoughts and actions and not on my wishes for them. May I find balance, equanimity and peace admits it all. May I learn to see the arising and passing of all things with equanimity and balance. Some of you may want to put your hands on your stomach now so much of the pain and the difficulties we carry sit in our belly, even our throat. May I be open, balanced and peaceful. May I live with a peaceful heart. We will sit this next five minutes in silence. If you are finding it very difficult right now, open your eyes and be sure to look around you to know that you are grounded, that you are here in the present moment, that you are not your trauma, that you are not there. You are right here in the present moment. We move into silence. I will ring the bells when we are to come out and join each other in our sacred circle.
In our last minute of silent meditation, check in with yourself. If you have fulfilled your intention, your kavana for today's session, what act of self-care do you need in these last minutes together taking refuge in community? We return to silence. Gently and slowly 
open your eyes if they were closed or if they're staring before you. Bring your gaze back to our shared screen, joining us on live stream and on Zoom. Thank you for your practice. Thank you for strengthening our community. Thank you for attempting to bring that desire of causing good to others, bringing benefit to others, causing bringing God's good to the world. We do it one city at a time. Grateful. Thank you. As I said in the beginning, I am Rabbi Chassi Uriel Steinbauer, the director of the Institute for Holiness, Kihilat Musar, here based in Israel, available to the whole world. Thank you to the technology of Zoom and online. We meet every Sunday, Bezrat Hashem, God willing. We rely on your donations, on your dana, on your truma, in order to offer this and other offerings that we give. So please donate today any amount. You can be in touch with us at our website at kehilatmusar.com. It's K-E-H-I-L-A-T-M-U-S-S-A-R.com listed below here on the screen. You can also be in touch via phone or email. And uh, anyway, we have one request of you in addition to donations. Uh, we always welcome sponsorships for each sitting where uh, someone offers a $50 donation or 50 um, shekels here in Israel in, um, in um, memory of someone who has passed or in their honor. And so, uh, we're deeply, deeply grateful today for today's sponsorship from the Hadar family, um, basically in honor of trying to approach the world with a peaceful heart and engaging in this practice today. So my request, based on the Institute here, we are looking to change the time of this Sunday sitting to an earlier time, around the lunch hour, either before during lunch or after and we ask that you place your vote to help us select what is the most popular time so we have basically a time slot between 10 a.m eastern standard time all the way to 2 p.m eastern standard time it would kind of look like 10 to 11 10 to 10 10 45 11 to 11 45 12 to 12 45 maybe 12.30 to 1.15, that seems to be a popular slot, uh, you know, 1 to 1.45. So please do put your vote in the comments section on our YouTube channel here on Zoom or email us at rabbihasya at kahilatmusar.com, letting us know your voice and what is important to you so that we can offer this at a time to reach more people at a more convenient time. And I thank you. Delighted to be with you today as we've entered Bami Bar, we've entered the desert together. Wishing you all strength and courage. And this next week, as we head towards Mount Sinai ourselves, as we receive Torah, 
May we be worthy. May we bring God's good to others. Thank you again for today and your sitting. Take care.